0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Student Section, your home for all things SEC football. This is episode two. Uh, I'm back as your host. My name is Jack Duffy, if we haven't met. I am a football beat writer for the Red and Black, uh, the University of Georgia's student newspaper. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Hull. He is a football beat writer for the Independent Florida Alligator, which is the University of Florida's student newspaper. Um, and this week, uh, we are joined by Mason Choate, a sports editor at the Arkansas Traveler. Uh, as always, we are sponsored or presented by the college football student media poll, um, a group of 100 plus student journalists that are have come together to rank the top 25 teams in college football each week. Um, and our goal uh, is to bring on more voters from the SEC and give them some spotlight and some, some shine. So we, we brought on Mason this week. Uh, so, Mason, if you want to introduce yourself to the listeners, go ahead.
1: Yeah, like you said, I'm Mason Choate, sports editor here at the Arkansas Traveler. I love, love my job. Uh, I also work for the Arkansas Rivals website. that's hogbeat.com, and I work over at ESPN Arkansas. It's the statewide radio station here in Arkansas. So yeah, radio radio is the goal for the career, but as of right now, I'm just happy to be a student media poll voter, and uh, I'm happy that SEC football is back. We're going to get some NFL football this weekend, too. It's just, it's a good time to be a football guy, to be honest with you. Yeah. I, I'm I'm happy to be a football guy. I know you guys are football guys, so let's watch some football, man. Yeah, definitely. It's It's like, I mean,
0: watching last week was incredible. I mean uh like full stadiums college football like the pageantry it's all back like it, it got me going i was excited um and yeah NFL football we're recording this on a Thursday NFL football is back today with Dallas and Tampa so got to get my fantasy lineup set but we are we're, we're we're back in business and it's very exciting and you know with that like let's talk about week 1 um you know lots of crazy games obviously Georgia was the biggest game against Clemson, and I'm very happy to report that Georgia came away with a win, 10-3 to score, defensive showdown, um, seven sacks against DJ Uyunglele, and uh, couldn't be happier. But uh, from an unbiased perspective, there are some questions on offense, but we'll get to that. So, guys, I really just – and I'll start with you, Michael. Uh, Who impressed you the most and who didn't uh, in week one?
2: Yeah, so I mean, like you guys said, just it was so nice to be back in the full stadiums. I was obviously in the swamp for Florida FAU, um, just hearing 80,000 fans at the end of the third quarter seeing I won't back down. It was awesome. Got chills being back. It was great seeing all the fan videos, just seeing full stadiums again. It was awesome. We had a lot more to look forward to this season. Um, but from week one, the team that really impressed me, we talked about them a little bit last week, was... um. Old Miss, I thought Old Miss looked great against Louisville, even without Wayne Kiffin, who was obviously out because of COVID. Um, Matt Corral really impressed me. He was a guy that I talked up a lot on the pod last week, uh, and he didn't let me down. They looked fun. They looked explosive. The defense looked at least better than it did last year. Um, obviously, competition was Louisville, who's still a decent team, but they're not an SEC team. Um, so once the competition gets a little stiffer, we'll see how they continue to look. But yeah, Old Miss really impressed me. Um, Kentucky impressed me a little bit, too. It was and Monroe. So grain of salt, but still, Will Levis looked great. Um, and then I'll just take the obvious team for the one that impressed me the least, which was LSU. Um, I do think UCLA is a very good team. But LSU just kind of looked outmatched, which was surprising, especially when they're the more talented team, like recruitment wise, um, their secondary, which is supposed to be great, did not look good against a not great quarterback. Um, They just looked outclassed by UCLA, which was shocking to see. So I'd say, yeah, LSU definitely um, disappointed me the most.
0: Yeah. And I would agree with that sentiment that like, I, last week on the pod, I, I mentioned that I, I thought UCLA was probably going to walk away with the win um, I, in an upset, but the fashion in which they did it was kind of surprising to me. Like, I, I felt LSU was just behind that whole game. And, and even though it was like an 11 point final score uh, and a difference, but like LSU, that whole game on defense, which defense was supposed to be like their highlight, just looked completely lost against a Chip Kelly offense, and that's not something you, you want to see as a Tiger fan heading into uh, an SEC slate, um, so yeah, for sure, uh, and I, I, I'm willing to to bet that LSU will probably look a little bit better in the, the next coming weeks, but if not, then Ed Orgeron is, is starting to, his seat's starting to get a little bit warm um, and could end up uh, being fired by the end of the year, but we will see how that works. I'm going to go with a team that impressed me the most and probably impressed everyone, but didn't surprise anyone. Alabama, like <laughs> against Miami, who was a ranked in the top 15, they were 18 point favorites coming into the game. Alabama was, um, but like the sheer dominance that Alabama displayed in that game, the fact that, we thought there could be questions on offense. Bryce Young hasn't really played a whole lot, only played in, in like, throwaway time last year. Man, they went off. Like, I was looking down at my phone uh, in Charlotte, looking at the score of that game, and saw it was 27 to nothing. And I thought, oh, surely this is, like, third quarter, maybe even going into fourth quarter. Like, just, like, a, a big defensive game by Alabama shutting out Miami. Um, but seeing that it was halfway through the second quarter, I was just, I was floored. Um, and they're the clear number one in my mind. Obviously Georgia had a good week, good win against Clemson, but I, I think it's Alabama's SEC and there's not a whole lot you can do about it because um, they just have the talent to to completely destroy teams. Yeah,
2: um, I, um, yeah. I'll just jump in real quick. Just to echo that sentiment. I mean, because I watched a little bit of it before heading to the Swamp or the UFFAU game, and people thought maybe Ben would start a little slow, obviously losing a ton of talent to the NFL draft. Like, you lose the Heisman winner, you lose Mac Jones, you lose Josh Harris, Jalen Waddell. But, like, they went touchdown, field goal, touchdown, field goal, touchdown to start the game. And just like that, it was 27-0. Like, yeah. it's ridiculous. They're the best team in the country, um, and they looked unbeatable.
0: Yeah. And I'm curious, Mason, to hear, like, from you, what you think of this Alabama team. Obviously, they've dominated the West for for years now. But um, how how do you see, like, them and, and in comparison to Arkansas, who's, who's trying to rebuild? How, how do you see – Arkansas trying to even compete with them in the West because it's just so difficult, honestly.
1: I mean, Arkansas is not going to compete with Alabama this year. They're not going to compete with Alabama next year. They're not going to compete with Alabama the year after that. As long as Nick Saban is there, Arkansas is not going to compete with Alabama. Um, The the unfortunate thing is is that when you have a team like Alabama – the way they are and the the way they played against Miami, it almost makes it not fun to watch them. To be honest, it's kind of like when the Warriors were just loaded with Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. They they just weren't really fun to watch, and because it, it's like you knew they were gonna win going into it. And this year, I don't I don't see a team in the SEC aside from maybe Georgia competing with Alabama. So it, it's almost just like, I don't know, man, ever since the college football playoff came around, it's just, you know, it's going to be the same group of teams, Ohio State, Alabama, Oklahoma, Clemson, those, those four teams are the, the ones that are usually there. You can switch Oklahoma with another team, but it, it just kind of gets old to be honest with you. That, that was the fun thing about the BCS is that, you know, if, if UCF goes undefeated, during the BCS, then UCF is probably in the national championship game over a one loss power five team. But now you're at the point now where it's you could probably get a, a two loss power five team in over a undefeated group of five teams. So it's I kind of went on a tangent there, but it's it's almost not fun to watch Alabama football, even though they're so talented. Yeah, for sure. And it it is tough. Like I, I'm sitting here
0: and as many people are, are predicting like like georgia seems to be the only shot in the sec to even dethrone alabama and i i don't even think as like a speaking strictly from like a, a fan perspective i like i don't even think georgia's got that much of a shot but yeah so alabama that star you know whatever you want to call them so they impressed me the most because i thought they could have struggled um Another team impressed me was Auburn. They, they came out of the gates and were strong. I know it was Akron they played against, but a 60-point 60, 60 game is is something that is impressive. So I was impressed with them. A uh, team I wasn't impressed with was uh, Mississippi State because against Louisiana Tech, who isn't as bad as some people may just assume they, they are, uh, being down the way they were, in that game, Mississippi State and having to come back in the fourth quarter, which that fourth quarter comeback in and of itself was was something noteworthy, but to have to come back like that um, was not impressive to me. And, and they were a team that you were thinking like they're on the cut, like cusp of bowl eligibility, like you're wondering whether or not they'll they'll make a bowl. Uh, and obviously, it's a big win to get that comeback, but it, it doesn't look impressive to me for the rest of this season. Like. Will Rogers was a highlight, but, you know, it, he I don't think can can lead the team against an SEC slate. So Mississippi State was a team that just didn't impress me. Um, Mason, I'm interested to hear which teams impressed and didn't impress you.
1: So a team that impressed me was a team that lost. It was Florida State, did really well against Notre Dame. Um, I kind of I kind of mentioned this when we talked before the podcast, but the, the ghost of Bobby Bowden was there in Tallahassee. So um, there were he was on the side of Florida State. They had a chance to win the game, um, took it to overtime. It was a fun game to watch. And this is a Florida State team that's been down in the dumps the past few years, um, like really bad. So it was good to see them compete really well against the top 10 team in Notre Dame. Um, and then a team that disappointed me, you guys said the LSU team was disappointing, but Oklahoma seems like the obvious pick to me, an Oklahoma team that, you know, they're a foot away from maybe being beat by Tulane if Tulane gets a first down there in the fourth quarter. So Oklahoma should be just steamrolling a team like Tulane. I don't care how, how good their offense is, how good their quarterback is. You know, you saw the picture of uh, uh, what's Oklahoma's coach's name? Oh, I can't remember right now. Lincoln Riley. What's his name? Lincoln Riley. Yeah. Lincoln Riley shaking the hand of the two lane quarterback and people were like commenting saying this is the next Oklahoma transfer quarterback and Lincoln Riley's telling him hey I got a spot for you next year if you want to come on. So I don't care how good he was Oklahoma should have won and or they did win but they should have won by a lot more is what I'm saying. So it was a little disappointing to see that one. Yeah for sure
0: and I I'll, I'll throw in another team uh, of note in, in the SEC because we always like to to poke fun at Vandy. But, you know, I, I joked last week that Vandy was in, in trouble against Eastern Tennessee State, and that was a joke. I didn't actually believe it because Vanderbilt was favored. I was like, this is the one chance Vandy's going to get at a win, and they lost by 20 points. So that's just like – I was mentioning this earlier to to Michael. I was just like, you know, if you if you really have – any vanderbilt friends please just check in on them just give them give them some some love because they need it they really do um but yeah uh week two uh diving into week two i think we have some decent matchups you know mason you're you're on because arkansas plays uh texas so i was wondering what your insight
1: on that matchup looks like this week well guys i've been I've been doing deep dives into this matchup all week. So I could honestly sit here and talk to you an hour for an hour about each team up and down the rosters, who, who's going to do well, who's not going to do well, but I'll keep it a little short and sweet for you guys just to make it easier on your ears. So it's a sold out crowd standing room. Only tickets have been sold for 50 bucks a piece, which is just insane because you can get upper deck tickets for 20 bucks on a normal game. So it, it's going to be crazy. It's probably going to break the attendance record in Donald W. Reynolds' Razorback Stadium. Um, it, it's the biggest game in Arkansas football history since, I got to say, probably since Johnny Manziel came to town. I think it was 2013 maybe. Um, and that was a huge game maybe before that. It was 2010 Alabama when Arkansas had Ryan Mallett. Alabama comes into town. I, I can't remember what they rank, but that was a huge game too. So it, it's a big deal. Um, Texas fans are taking it seriously. They're not overlooking Arkansas because it's an old Southwest Conference rivalry. So there's a lot of hatred going on, and it's really fun. There's a uh, Tuck Fexus shirts being sold everywhere. Um, if you can put those two together, and uh, it it's just it's been really fun. The atmosphere this week, but we're getting down to it's going to be game time, and when it comes game time, you got to look at some matchups. Texas has a really experienced defense. Their secondary is just very talented, um, but they're not great playmakers, to be honest with you, so um, they have a lot of experience, but they're not guys that you look at, and I, I wouldn't say that some of them are difference makers, aside from maybe B.J. Maybe Foster. He's a safety, so. Um, but offensively, they have Hudson Card at quarterback. He's this is going to be the biggest game he's started in his, in his career so far. So it'll be interesting to see how he deals with the the crowd and the test on the road. And then they got Heisman hopeful Bijan Robinson in the backfield at running back. He's he's a monster. He's probably going to run for a hundred plus yards on Arkansas. Um, but if they can contain him, that would be great. You're not going to have Bumper Pool for the first half. He got ejected in the second half against Rice, but. You still have Grant Morgan. You still have Jalen Catalan. They get a guy, John Ridgway, transferred from Illinois State. He's like 6'6", 320 pounds. He'll be back. He had an appendectomy two weeks ago, and he's going to be playing football this Saturday. So nice. um, that that's big to get him back. And so it, it's going to be key for Arkansas to stop that run game. And then, of course, offensively for Arkansas, K.J. Jefferson just has to improve on the accuracy he did not look great as far as accuracy goes against Rice, but running the ball, oh, boy, he looked good. Some people called him th- like a, a great value version of Cam Newton. Um, <laughs> so that that's kind of what we got going on with KJ. He had a 68-yard touchdown run, called back. That was disappointing. Shouldn't have been called back. And then offensively, Arkansas has got some weapons. Traylon Burks is probably going to be a first-round draft pick. Um, Traylon Smith is a very under, underrated running back. Michael, you probably remember him. He had like an 80-yard touchdown run against Florida last year. So um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I don't know. I'm still lingering on the line of who I think is going to win. Texas is sitting at a seven-point favorite right now. Um, And, man, I still can't decide who I think is going to win this game. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm leaning towards Texas. But, you know, I would love for Arkansas to win. So it – just tune into ESPN at six o'clock on Saturday. That's all I can say. Yeah, absolutely. I
0: I am sort of in the same boat. Like I, I really think Arkansas is going to come to play for this game. Like uh, like you said, it's gonna be one of the biggest games in Arkansas history and recent memory. So I I think Sam Pittman's gonna have his guys ready. I think they're gonna to wanna to sell out on the run just to, you know, see like if they get beat by the pass, like that's just how it's gonna be. Uh, but um, I, I really think Arkansas can definitely cover. I think it'll be like a, a field goal game, but if they get lucky, I think it could come down to like a, a last second field goal and Arkansas could take this game from Texas. So definitely going to be a good matchup. Um, and Michael, I want to hear from you. What what matchup are you looking forward to this weekend?
2: Um, so it's not a great week two slate in the sec um one i'm keeping my eye on is mizzou and kentucky we talked about a little bit before the podcast um but that's a game that will probably determine the outcome for that third place spot in the um sec east because obviously it's going to be florida and georgia one of those two one and two um most likely georgia and florida just basing off of last week um but, yeah, I think that Kentucky-Mizzou will be really interesting. I mentioned Kentucky as a team that impressed me a lot last week. Uh, will Levis looked great, again, against yale Monroe, so grain of salt. But if he can continue to look that way, if really just their offense continues to click like it did, um, they could beat Mizzou and they could rattle off a few wins in a row before um, Florida travels up there in a few weeks, and they could – take some momentum into that game, then who knows what happens. So that's definitely a game I'm keeping my eye on. Um, the Florida fan in me and the Florida writer in me will be watching Florida USF to see how Emery Jones looks after he struggled a bit last week. Um, to just stop all those rumors, I'm going to say Emery is the quarterback right now, um, like Dan Mullen said. Uh, but if he struggles against a USF team that has been outscored 146 to zero in their last three games against power five teams, then that conversation needs to be had, especially going into Alabama with the tide coming to town next week. Um, If Anthony Richardson continues to look explosive and athletic, like he did against FAU and Emory struggles, then there will be rumors. There will be, there'll definitely be something going on in the following week. Um, So those are the two that I'm, looking at
0: yeah and I mean I saw some of those quarterback rumors throughout the week and and I thought Anthony Richardson played well um for the most part against FAU but I I still I'm I'm gonna lean with Dan Mullen here and say it's it's still Emery's team uh but yeah if he does if he stays inconsistent like he did uh against a South Florida team like you said has not been great uh at all um then you they want to kind of figure that out before alabama because we all saw last year georgia played alabama and rolled in stetson bennett at quarterback and we got shut out in the second half so you know it's it's quarterback is not the position you want to be of concern when you go and play the tide so i agree um a game i there's two games i was sneakily thinking are going to be like decent games or at least close games the quality of play may not be there but Will be close. I was looking at Tennessee and Pittsburgh, and I really think I think the line is like two and a half for Pittsburgh. They're favored in that game, um, but this is a really good early season test for Josh Heupel's Tennessee team and like the direction they're in right now. Like, if they somehow pull off a win against Pittsburgh, the future looks really bright for them. Like, they will. They're they're probably going to finish fourth or fifth in the SEC East if I had to guess. So no matter what, this game doesn't determine a whole lot about them, but Joe Milton was really inconsistent last week, started really hot and then just could not complete a pass. I, I remember seeing a tweet that was like the first quarter, it was like Joe Milton's a Heisman contender. And then he went off and, and lost our incompleted uh, like 10 straight passes. So, there there was 10 straight incompletions it was not great he was very inconsistent but you know this would be a big game for for a volunteer team that's in the middle of what's going to be a long rebuild so that'll be a a good one Um, and then there's Texas A&M Colorado Uh, Colorado is a team that was good a few years ago Uh, now they're not so much I I, like I'm pretty sure Texas A&M's heavy favorite in this game I think it was somewhere along the lines of like 17 points. But so Texas A&M should win this game, um, absolutely. But it's on the road. It's in Denver. Um, so it should be interesting to watch. Uh, you don't really get to see a whole lot of SEC Pac-12 matchups. So it should be interesting. Um, I think Hayes King, you know, uh, his play is going to be pivotal for Texas A&M to even, like like we said, quarterback play is one of the biggest points of like wanting to compete with like an Alabama or a Georgia in the sec. So that's going to be play I'm looking out for. Um, Yeah. I, those are two games that really stood out to me. Are there any other games that you guys see that, that could pose as like a, a, a good watch, at least it could be close. May not, may not be the highest quality of play, but is there any games that you guys are thinking about?
1: I'll uh, say Mississippi State and NC State. So, NC State's going to play or go into Stark Vegas um, to play the Bulldogs. They're a really good offensive team. Uh, they put up, like, 525 total yards offensively last week against USF, and they shut them out 45 to nothing. So, honestly, I don't think Mississippi State's going to win. I think NC State's, like, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, there's a two-point favorite now. So. I don't know why it keeps going down. I, a lot of people must have hope in Mississippi State, but I think that NC State's going to really um, do a number on the Bulldogs. Unfortunately, this matchup is at 6 o'clock um, on Saturday. So I don't want to encourage fans to watch this game, to be honest, because Arkansas plays at 6 o'clock, and I want all eyes on that game. Uh, unless, unless God forbid, Arkansas just starts getting crushed, then you can turn it off and go turn on NC State, Mississippi State, or whatever. And then, of course, uh, you know you see Texas or uh, Alabama versus Mercer. That's that's an interesting one as well, um, just because of Mercer winning um, sixty-nine to nothing and intentionally missing a, a field goal. That was that was pretty nice. It was a nice win, I
0: will say. Yeah. Very nice win. Yeah. So Yeah. I, that um, yeah. that
2: Mercer Bama game. I just looked up the line. This site has it as Bama as like a 57 point player, which oh, I feel like is no. wrong. I feel like that line is wrong,
0: but, but either also, way, I don't.
2: <laughs> I, I wouldn't. It wouldn't put it past me because um, yeah. the last time they played, Bama won 56 to zero. So that will be something that like I guess betters can keep an eye on if they want to. Um, yeah. But yeah, that would be. And then I don't really know. the The week two schedule is kind of. Kind of weak, um, like we talked about already. Georgia plays UAB. Jack, yeah. do you have any thoughts on that game?
0: Yeah, I mean, we're, I think we're like 26 point favorites in that game. Uh, obviously, it's a game we should win. Hopefully, it's a game where we kind of, the, the Bulldogs, you know, they kind of get their offensive woes under control. They kind of get in a rhythm to, even when we don't have our weapons like Darnell Washington or Eric Gilbert or uh, Don Blaylock, George Pickens. Those guys aren't going to be on the field and maybe even JT Daniels won't be on the field. That's a whole other thing. Uh, he sustained an oblique injury against Clemson. So it might be Carson Beck's time to shine on Saturday. Uh, it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. Georgia should win this game. Um, if, if it's close, then Georgia's going to be in trouble uh, this season. I like even with our defense being as stifling as it is, if we can't figure out the offensive issues, there's just no hope for a, a team like this to beat Alabama. Cause you have to have all facets of the game be a plus and then some. Uh, so this will, this will be a game I'm, I'm looking out for to be like a, a 38 to 10 kind of game. Um, hopefully there's, some offensive touchdowns. Cause I would like to see that uh, certainly, but yeah, I week two slate sh- shouldn't be that interesting. Uh, honestly, there's just like the, there's the Arkansas, Texas game. That's going to be the, the big game of the week, but um, some low key interesting games and everybody else is playing cupcakes. So I, I think, you know, with that, we're, we're going to, wrap it up here and and then you guys can go and and watch college football this weekend. So it should be good. Uh, while you're, while we have you, um, uh, there is some things you should do. You should follow student media, um, student media poll. Uh, like I said before, the hundred plus group of student journalists that have come together to rank top 25 each week is a great group. You should follow each and every single one of them. Um, especially Mason and Michael here, Uh, and hopefully myself if you're inclined but um, yeah great project we got going on at at student media Um, and that twitter handle is at student media 25 so give them a follow Um, we'll be putting out a week two poll after the games on saturday so be sure to look out for that Uh, and yeah mason michael if you want to talk about how they can reach you uh, go for it
2: Uh, yeah so like Jack said, make sure to follow Student Media Twenty Five on Twitter. Super cool project. Super excited to be a part of it. Um, my Twitter is at Michael Underscore Thirty Three. If you want to follow me for Gators news, Gator football news, Gator basketball, baseball, whatever, um, or Jacksonville Jaguars takes. I've got those two that I tweet from time to time. Um, so yeah, make sure to follow Michael Underscore hall.
1: 33. All right, so I'm, I'm gonna do my Twitters and then I got a couple questions for you guys. So first of all, I'm at Choke Mason on Twitter. that's where that's where I'm at. If you want any news on Arkansas Athletics um, or any takes or any breaking news, anything just follow me there. I will keep you updated. Um, I take pride in my work. I, I think I'm a real journalist because as student journalists, we are real journalists, even though we have the title of student um, follow Trav Sports. It's at UA Sports. That is our sports section here at The Traveler. Um, we cover a lot of stuff. We're trying to cover every sport on campus pretty heavily this year. We haven't done that in the past, so trying to do some more content. And then you can check out all of our work at UATrav.com. Um, that's where we post all of our stuff. We're trying to do some multimedia stuff as well. So hopefully, hopefully you enjoy our content. Um, and okay, here we go. Questions, Michael, as as the resident Jaguars fan. So I have I have an issue this week. I, I have Jacoby Myers or DJ Chark, and I don't know who I should start. I because both have rookie quarterbacks, but Myers is the number one guy in New England, but Chark is just a monster sometimes.
2: I would okay, so I would go unbiasedly because I'm also a big fan of this football player. I would go Chark um, just because. If you're just looking at the matchups, New England plays a tough secondary in Miami um, while the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence and DJ Chark get the Houston Texans, who I think have a football team still this year. Um, So just based off of matchups, I would go Chark. He, this offseason, has said he's gotten faster and stronger. Um, He didn't play in the preseason, but he's going to be good to go for week one. I I would roll Chark out
1: there. All right. And then last question. So, Michael, you're, you're a Florida guy. Jack, you're a Georgia guy. You guys, like, hate each other? Or w- what's going on here? Listen, listen, listen. We, we've set
0: aside the rivalry for now. The, when it comes time for the world's largest outdoor cocktail <laughs> party, there's there's going to be some heat. I think this podcast will get a little bit tight. But- Maybe a little like
2: for now, we're good. But like for that last week in October, it it may not it may not be pretty, but like we can we can be unbiased for for all the other times. But like when it comes to that point, like gloves may come off, you know?
1: Yeah, I listen. I think there should be a punishment for whoever's team loses, like whoever's the loser should have to like you guys should come up with a punishment for the loser before the game. And whether that's the winner like doing something, like I don't know, throwing a pie in their face or something, you, you need to come up with something fun, man.
0: Yeah. I I think we'll cross that bridge when we get there, but I'm absolutely we down can definitely because, you know. yeah,
2: we can definitely think of something.
0: I saw that uh, speaking of Jaguars,
2: Trevor Lawrence made a bet with a teammate and he had to wear a God, Georgia man. gear. So we could do we could do something like that. Yeah. Um, that's a really good idea though. That's definitely something that we can we can think about.
0: Yeah, for sure. I I enjoyed very much watching Trevor Lawrence walk around in uh in Georgia Bulldog gear. He looks a lot better in red and black, in my opinion. Just just my opinion, but I I will be willing to put that kind of stakes down for the uh, Florida Georgia game because if I had to guess right now, I think Georgia's gonna win. Just me, but. So for sure Uh, with that, I I think we're, we're we're wrapped up here. Uh, Like I said, you could follow at student media uh, 25 to get all of your student media top 25 needs Um, follow Michael and and follow Mason on on Twitter. Two really awesome guys, two really awesome writers. Um, You can follow me at Jack Duffy on Twitter for all your Atlanta sports, hot takes Uh, a lot of pain, uh, a lot of very depressing, choking, level sports stuff. So fun stuff there. Uh, uh, you also find all my articles and stuff that I write for the red and black as well. So be sure to check me out. Um, but with that, yeah, uh, follow this podcast, follow student section and and make sure you come back next week when we wrap up all of week two. So thanks for listening and we will see you next week.
2: Yeah. Thanks y'all.